going to be teaching tonight, and I'll follow her up with a little short. Anyway, let's pray. Y'all ready to pray? Lord, we thank you right now. Thank you for your anointing, God. Lord, I ask that Paige only say what you have her to say. God, let the ears be anointed to hear and the hearts to receive and the faith to act. In Jesus' name, amen. I am? Oh. <laughs> okay. How is everybody tonight? Great, great, great. Praise the Lord. Okay. Tonight's message is going to be about moving from infancy to maturity. And we're going to be talking a lot about the glory to glorious sons of God chart. Um, in this ministry, this ministry is different from just regular churches in this ministry we receive so much revelatory teaching Sheila taught the other night and she taught on relying resting and remaining in God it was a great teaching Lee taught on condemnation and renewing your mind um, Jean taught on death, burial, rest, resurrection. Chris, I don't know if I was on the um, live stream, and I was clicking on the different teachings, and I heard one on Chris. It was awesome. I guess it was this past Wednesday night. I'm not sure, but it was called A Perfect Time to Die. Was that this past Wednesday night, last Wednesday? It was, I was just writing everything down. He was saying, I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And Zenny, every Monday night with her glory, with her soul shifters, and teaching us how to shine the light and work on those things inside of us, and her glory nights. There are so many people in this ministry hearing from God and sharing that with us. Well, when you come into this ministry and you hear all of this revelatory word, what are you doing with it? Are you just coming in and hearing it and oh that sounds so good yeah I'm gonna do that oh that is a good word or are you applying it to your life let's look at this glorious sons of God vision what this is this vision shows us is moving from infancy from being lost and born again working out our salvation showing us how to move all the way into maturity with Christ's character inside of us. That's up here too. Do you come in here and hear these teachings and think, or see these visions? I know Lee, almost everybody that comes in here, do you see it and you go, well, that just wasn't for me. I'm not like that. I don't need to die to myself. I don't, you know, I have these little things, but it's okay. They're all right. Or do you apply it to yourself? Or do you hear this message and think, oh, my cousin should really hear that message. That would be perfect for her, for what she's going through right now. Or do you really go home and ask God to show you how to use that in your life? Do you come in here and think, wow, because I know I did when I first came. God is really using these people. He could, little me, he'll never use me. I'll never reach the maturity stage. That won't be me. I'm 
mm-mm. Well, let's look in the Bible at who's some of the people that God used. Look at Paul. Oh my gosh, Paul. Paul actually went out murdering people because they believed in God. He was killing them. He watched as people were stoning, what was his name? Stephen. Stephen. He was in the crowd. He watched it. He didn't stop it. He was part of it. Can you imagine when he finally realized who God was, the condemnation he must have felt? Because I know when I came in here, I felt condemnation. I'll never be good enough. Imagine how Paul felt. And the disciples, when God told them to stay on guard and pray, and he went into the garden and everything he was going through in that garden, he came out. What were the disciples doing? Sleeping. Can you imagine Jesus coming up to you and saying, wake up, be alert, start watching. I mean, oh, God, the condemnation they must have felt. We're not good enough. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. Abraham. Abraham, and Lee taught me this the other night. I did not know this. Did you know that after Sarah and Abraham had children, he had more children? He had six more children. Even after what he did, God still blessed him. Noah, God used Noah, and Noah was a drunk. (sighs) There are so many other people. So many people and stories in the Bible that God will show you. If you will just open that Bible and get in that word, there are everybody God used. They had their problems. They had their things that they were ashamed of. They felt the condemnation of, or they didn't do perfect. So it's okay when we come in here and we're in this infancy to realize you're not going to be perfect, but God is going to mature you. He's going to bring you to that state. Let's turn to Philippians 3, 13 through 14. And this is what Paul said. Paul, who was, you know what all Paul had gone through. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to see what lies ahead. Straining forward. Straining is not an easy... You've got to push through for what lies ahead and forget what lies behind. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward What did he have to do? He had to press on. What did all of these people in the Bible have to do? They had to forget what was in the past. They had to press into God and allow him to use them. They had to press on. Just as they, all of these people, all of the people in the Bible had to die to themselves. Just as we have to die to ourselves Jesus is the same yesterday today and tomorrow what Jesus did in the Bible what we read about these stories he still can do it today with us and you can't just read the Bible and think 
oh, those are old stories. You know, wow, that was an awesome time. Jesus was walking around. Well, he is still here today. In case you haven't heard, he is alive. He is here. He didn't die in just the Bible's an old story. So what was going on back then can still go on today. How do I get to that point? Oh, wait, let me go back. Let's do... um, 13, 14, and now let's go to Philippians 3, 21. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself? Who's going to transform and fashion a new body of humiliation to be like his body? God's going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. Well, how do I, how do I get to that point of maturity? Well, let's look at the vision. We are born again. And then what comes next? Working out our salvation. Let's read Matthew 6, 1 and 3. Hebrews 6, 1 and 3. Sorry, Hebrews 6, 1 and through 3. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belongs to spiritual maturity, not mental maturity, Spiritual maturity, there's a difference. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalisms, and of the faith by which you turned to God. With teachings about purifying, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. If indeed God permits, we will now proceed to advanced teaching. Don't you think God's going to permit it? Don't you think that's what God wants us to do? Wow. Go back, please, to the other. Look at that. With teachings about purifying the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, the eternal judgment and punishment, these are all matters of which you should have been fully aware long, long ago. You're born again. You know all of this. Now what? We have to move on from those elementary teachings of being saved, born again, working out our salvation, And we have to reach for, press towards spiritual maturity. Let's take the advanced teachings that you've received here and apply them to your life. Because the teachings that you hear here are not about the elementary things that we've all known about growing up. What you're hearing here are teachings that are revelatory from God. They are to bring you to that spiritual maturity. Let's read Ephesians 4, 12 through 16. 
Ephesians 4, 12 through 16. His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at really mature manhood. The completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. The measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him. So then, we may no longer be children, tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. Can't you just see Satan working there? Rather, let our lives lovingly express the truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And 16, for because of him, the whole body, the church in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly, I think I've told on this before, and all its functions grows to what? Full maturity, building itself up in love. Well, let's look back at verse 12. It talks talks about building up Christ's body. That's what the teachings we receive here do. They build up our body. They build up our body. That's getting in the word, worshiping. That's what it's doing. It's building up Christ's body in you. Verse 13 tells us to get to maturity. Leave the infancy behind. Get to maturity. And in verse 14 tossed to and fro we can no longer be tossed to and fro and in Charlena's testimony a while ago I thought that is awesome she was not tossed to and fro she stood on her word she's learning what to do she is maturing in verse 15 it tells us to grow up and in 16 it says grow up into full maturity Full maturity. And that man at the end of the chart, full. There is no darkness. He is full of maturity. God's maturity. Well, let's look at this vision. I broke it down. In verse 14, it says, we may no longer be tossed to and fro. Let's look at the vision. Um, Carl, if you'll put up just the row one. When we are lost and we are born again and we accept the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. We still think we're in charge, right? We still think with our head. And then we go through a trial. And then we start, oh, God, get me out of this. So we start depending on the Holy Spirit again. Then it's, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Something else happens. Well, you know, what does my 
mind telling me to do. In this first row, we are tossed to and fro. And when I was planning this teaching, I saw this vision and I was like, look at those lines up and down, up and down, up and down, tossed to and fro in infancy. That first row is infancy and you are being tossed to and fro. <coughs> All right. And then I had this vision. I was like, oh, that is like a rope. So Carl put up the rope with the holes in the, there you go, look at that. That's getting from the lost man to the born again man to working out our salvation. This is our trial. And this is us going across during our trial. What do we have to hold on to? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Look at all the emptiness. Look at all the holes. It is scary. And Satan is going to attack you from all sides. Look how he can get to you. He can get to you through your feet, through the side, through the top. You don't have much in you to keep Satan out, and he's going to attack you. You are going to be thrown to and fro. You haven't built up your faith, and you haven't built up your soul. What is on your bridge that's distracting you? Condemnation? Past sins? Satan's going to be using them right here. And if you allow him, he's going to tell you everything, everything you've done wrong and everywhere you're not going to get to. You are not going to get to that next glory. You will not going to do it. And look, what's in you? Nothing. You haven't been in the word. You're not worshiping. Right here, we are infants. Satan comes through every hole to steal, kill, and destroy us. But if you keep focused on God on the other side, if you keep focused on the other side and know that God is there and press on and get more of him in you and keep your eyes on the other side, which is God, he's going to get you across. You may stumble, you may fall, but get in your word. It's going to come back and you can go through it again. And you're going to start getting scriptures. You're going to... God's going to give you revelatory word and you can start building your bridge. So the next time that trial comes, there's going to be a, something for you to hold on to. God's using this trial to wash you from your affections, emotions, and your intellect, your mindset. It's what you think. It's what you've always thought. It's what you've been taught. It's how you've grown up. It's your mindset. Allow God to wash your mindset, building a stronger bridge of defenses each step you take and learn about your armor to get across that bridge. Charlena had her armor. She used it. I had a vision when I first started here and in this infancy, we all have our mindsets, right? We all have ways we think that are not of God. And in, in my vision, I was in the shower and I felt these weird things in my head. And I got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror. And there were weird things in my head and I started pulling them out. And I was like, what in the world is this? And when I started pulling out these things, there were little weeds. And they had long, skinny roots like these. 
And God told me, I'm pulling out the roots. I'm pulling out the roots. Everything that is not of me, I'm pulling it out. And these things are just the little things. Cussing, I used to cuss horribly. It was easy to stop cussing. God pulled that out. What? (laughs) The mindsets that we have allowed Satan to build up in our mind. God is going to pull them out. Okay. That's our infancy being tossed and fro. And God is going to pull those little roots out during that time. He's going to clean you up. Okay. Let's get to the second row. Carl, if you'll put up row two. Okay, we've got more of God in us. We've got more word. We've got more worshiping. We've got, we're building a relationship with God. We're not being tossed and fro as much, even though we are still being tossed and fro. And in my vision, these were bridges again. And Carl, if you'll show the middle bridge, it's a little stronger. There's more boards down here, even though there are some holes. But look. I can't see the other side yet, can I? I'm not quite to maturity. I've still got to get more. I've got to get more in me. It's still blurry. My bridge is much straighter and stronger, but it's still not complete. I'm still missing some pieces. We are pressing on and have more of God and more faith because he got us through the infancy stages. He guided us through, got us through those trials. So we have more faith now. We have more of his word. But there's still unclear parts. Wait a minute. I have to do that? I have to completely die to myself? Satan can still get to you during this time. Am I going to give it all up for him? Everything. Am I going to get through that cloud and get to the other side? Well, think of Lee's vision that she taught the other night on the soul. And the little inner circle and how it's getting bigger. And all those locusts. Well, these were some of the little locusts. And these are the, some of the things that were in here. And when that circle got bigger... These things had to come out, and those locusts had to die. But you still have the roots and the locusts. Remember how many were in there? There were a lot of them in there. Well, the ones out here, what's happening to them now? This is getting bigger, more of God, more of a relationship with God, more word. What's happening to these locusts out here? They're getting pressed. There's not that much room in there pressure you feel oh my gosh like I said before I don't want to let go of that Satan is holding on to something that he's got rooted into you those strongholds that he has put in your mind he has convinced you of that that is who you are those things that he's got deep down inside of you. Zinni has taught on it so much. And then I thought, when he was pulling out those little weeds out of my head and my vision, 
There was a part in the back, and it was huge. Here goes the laughing. And when I pulled it out, I didn't have much brain left. <laughs> and this is what I thought of. In row one, in your infancy stage, those little things that God needs to root out, okay, I'll give that up. I'm going to live for God now. But then when you start learning the spiritual maturity and what that means, Satan, and I'm not going to take it out of the bag because dirt will fall everywhere, but you can't see it right now, but there are huge roots in here. And I couldn't pull this out of the ground because all of the tiny roots were twisted and turned down in the ground. And that is what Satan has got a stronghold in your mind. And you're thinking, oh, well, you know, that's who I am. I'm not going to let go of that. You may not even know what this is. This may be the unknown spot. But when you get more of God in you and you're building that relationship and that inner circle is getting bigger and bigger and more of God, can you imagine the pressure you're going to feel when you have to let it go and die? And that's when you're on that second row and you have to get to the full spiritual maturity. You've got to let go and you can't do it. God's got to do it. You are losing your mind. And when I pulled out that big part, my, my thoughts were, had to go away. Yeah. What I had convinced, what I had let Satan convince me to think was okay or was part of who I am, I had to allow God to take it out and it wasn't my thoughts anymore. God is pulling out the weeds that Satan has built into your mindset Keep focusing on God's character and building your bridge that gets you to full maturity. And then row three. The more of God, the more of God, the more of God. We are no longer being tossed to and fro by Satan. We're leveling out. And look at the bridge when we have the word and we have our faith. We have built our bridge to get to the next trial. Satan can still come at us, but he can't get in us anymore. This is when we are reaching spiritual maturity. We can take those steps in confidence. There is no more blurriness. It's all gone. Our path is clear. When we get to the point that our bridge our faith and trust in God doesn't waver and isn't being tossed to and fro anymore then Satan will still come at us we are still going to feel the pressure but I know I have heard so many times Gene say he is there he is coming at you he is around you but he can't get in you anymore because there is so much of God's character that Satan can't stay. He has to flee. And then I have Luke 9.23. Luke 
His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should... Sounded good, though. <laughs> Luke nine twenty three, And he said to all, If any person's will to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests, refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me cleave steadfastly to me conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying also and it says the same thing almost in Luke 14 27 and 33 but we're not going to go there so lay down your mindset lay down your thoughts lay down your baggage all that condemnation, everything you nailed to this cross, lay it down. You put it on this cross, leave it there, and pick up that cross and get to spiritual maturity. Now, my husband is going to finish this teaching. Thank you. Oh, you should have heard him. You're taking that. <laughs> I didn't know what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave those here for you, Zinni. You can tell she is a teacher by trade. It's just she can lay. I don't have that gift. I, you know, I gotta tell you a story. I can't. I can't. I love it, but I'm, I'm, I know it's okay. I'm learning. God said, <clears throat> the Lord gave us a mandate that said that this is the year of movement, right? And you know, and then, then Gene said, January, February, and March is, is the season of what? Death. 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 You know, <clears throat> we had a powerful service here last, last Saturday night, and, and I nailed something over here on the cross. And um, it said, uh, Everything that is not of you, it needs to die. God started Monday morning. <laughs> Monday morning. I thought I was just being cool. God, you know I need to die. Yeah, I'll show you. Monday morning, it started. Now, let me tell you a little story. This is so cool because God took me through a process this week that is really, really, it was awesome. So Monday morning, we had about, um, 78 sheets of drywall that had to be moved from, a, from a, a, about 20 feet off the ground that we had to carry up, upstairs, some outside stairs we had built into, into the, uh, all the way into the other side of the house. I wish I, I should have sent a picture to Todd. He could have pulled up the steps so you'd see just how laborsome this was. Because each... There was two sheets that were bound together and it weighed 150 pounds and it had to be 40 trips up almost two stories and then over. So I'm trying to round up guys that can get down there and do this. Didn't have enough guys. So I said, hmm, I need to go. I need to go. It wasn't my job, but I needed to go. I just, I knew I, I didn't want my guys to struggle because I knew it was going to be laborsome. Remember this word, laborsome. So we get down there, and we're, we're all trying to figure out, you know, 
how we're going to do it, the best way we're going to do it. And I, I forget if it was Todd or Carl. One of them said to me, hey, I really appreciate you coming down. And I said, it came out of my spirit, not my head. I, guys, I would never ask you to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself. And it came out of my spirit. And the reason why I know, because when I said it, something, something shifted. I felt it in my spirit. Well, I know what, what was going on a little later. Because as we go, every time we go from another season, we go from another position, there has to be a what? A death, a burial, and a resurrection. And when we start on this third row, there's a thin, thin barrier. Man, I'm telling you, sometimes, whew, and you know, and the Lord... I'm sitting and I'm struggling Wednesday morning before train to rain. I had my timeline messed up. Before train to rain, I was really struggling. I'm sitting at McDonald's in my vehicle and I have a cup of coffee and I have my Bible and I said, God, I'm desperate for you this morning. I need you to show me something this morning. And I know you've heard people say this over and over again. I opened, just opened my Bible. I opened it to Hosea 6. And I want you to put that up for me, Carl. Hosea 6. But before, oh, wait a minute. Stop before you go there. Bless you. In during train to rain, something miraculous happened. Lee was teaching on Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus' soul was being pressed. Gethsemane was an olive garden. And she taught about the wheel and the wheel. And they would take the olives and they would press the olives to get to the precious oil. And that's what Jesus does to us to get us to the other position. He begins to press in us. Come on, I need you to come higher. Come on, I need you to come higher. And this is what was going on. I was being pressed to another position. And sometimes that, press, that pressing gets painful and she's teaching this and, and I begin to hear that you know Jesus was laboring in this and he said father forgive no he said Lord if it be thy will let this cup pass from me Jesus said my soul is sorrowful even unto death in Luke and I heard the Lord say Lee it was so amazing he said Carrie I'll never ask you to do anything that I didn't do myself. I shook in my seat when he said it because he took my own words that I had said to my men because my men, it was going to be laborsome. It was going to be hard, but I didn't leave them. I said, I will do it with you. And you know, that's the same thing Christ is saying. I will do it with you. Will you just come on and come to me? And then... I opened my Bible that morning to Hosea 6. Then she taught on this. Now go to Hosea 6 for me. 1 through 6. This is, this is just so awesome. Come and let us return to the Lord. Now stop. When you're going through the pressing and God is trying to get something out of you to get something to you and through you, when you're going through this, what happens you want to go the opposite direction. Instead of running to God, sometimes we withdraw because the pressing hurts. 
Right? We run. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. And it takes a while of experience for us to be able to get there. We go through this and you know we fail at it. We just get up. We dust off. We got, we've got our ministers here that help us through the process. And we go again with it. But when the pressing starts, understand how the enemy works. He's going to tell you. See, what was my old, a message I had a long time ago? To get to the new place. I've got to be willing to leave the old place. When the pressing begins, praise Him. Praise Him in knowing that He's elevating you. Promotion is in motion. He's about to take you somewhere that you wanted to be. Right? Man. Come let us return to the Lord for He has torn. You get it? You're running and he's tearing. Quit running. Come on. Quit running. Come on. Come back to me. Right here. He says, He has torn us so that he may heal us. Heal us. Yes. I'm sitting at McDonald's going, You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I feel like that comedian. No kidding. <laughs> he has stricken so he may bind us up. This new level is going to hurt. It feels, you're, you know, the worst lie of the devil is you got to give something up. Man, especially with our young people. Man, I hurt for them because I remember that. Oh, I can't hang out at the club no more. You know what? If you could see in the spirit, you're laying in a mud pit with the hogs. Running from God. Laying there wallering. You're taking your nose. And getting you a hole so you can just get down in there and just waller in it. And the whole time, if you could see in the Spirit, on the other side, there's a clear crystal stream and an angel standing here with a white robe of righteousness saying, if you'll get out of here, leave this old place, come on over here and take a bath in this pool, and this angel's going to put this robe of righteousness on you, and it's going to propel you to another level, another glory in Him. And when another glory of Him, oh, I'm feeling you now, when another glory of Him comes on you, you just got elevated. You feel the glory. Let me tell you something. I can't take it when I can't feel God. It's a scary place for me to be now. Don't you feel that way? Y'all, excuse me a second. He has stricken us so He may bind us up. After two days, He will revive us, quicken us, give us life. On the third day, He will raise us up that we may live before Him. Death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? Come on. Yes. Let us know recognize, be acquainted with, and understand Him. Let us be zealous. We call that passion. 
to know the Lord, to appreciate, give heed to, and cherish Him. His going forth is prepared as certain as the dawn. And He will come to us as heavy rain as the latter rain was on waters, latter rain that waters the earth. Leave this mud pit. Once we, we decide, oh man, come on, I shall. I shall be determined to. That's what it means. That's what I shall means. I'm going to be determined to go to the next position. Man, sometimes you got to, I've been saying this for months and years now, you got you to gotta be willing to fight just a little bit. Not run, but fight. The battle's his, but see, in every step, there has to be an action. Faith without works is dead. What is the works? An action. If I'm over here in the mud pit, I've got to get out. Scrape off the mud and walk over to the water where the angel is, correct? It requires an action. If you don't do anything, nothing will ever change. And all the enemy wants you to do is stay in the same position because if you stay in the same position, you're no threat to him. And God can't use you to your full potential. Don't you want to be at the full potential? Let me tell you something. I've come too far now, as as Hillary Clinton would say. She said that long, long ago. I've come too far now. I've come too far. There's no looking back. There's no turning back. We get to a certain level. Obedience is no longer an option. It is a requirement. Man, that's powerful. That wasn't in my message. It's a requirement. Obedience is a requirement. Because when you're obedient, how do you know you're obedient? Peace. Right? Don't you know how you feel? I got tickled at your testimony. He says, you know, the Lord told me to do something. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't. Hey, we've all been that. Okay? You're being transparent. We've all been that way. Sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't. But when we don't do it, don't you hate the way that feels? If you truly have your heart turned towards God, don't you despise the way that feels. It feels like constriction. You feel conflicted. Man, that's how you know. Anytime you're in confliction, Amen. Where did I leave off, Lee? Therefore, have I hewn down and smitten them by the means of the prophets? Wait a minute. No, I wasn't. I was at four. Oh, Ephraim, what shall I do with you? Says the Lord. Oh, Judah, what shall I do with you? For your wavering in love and kindness are like the night mist or the or the or like the dew that goes early away. The New King James Version says, like a morning cloud. It's gone. 
there for a minute and the wind blows and it's gone. The dew comes out, it's there until the sun hits it and it's gone. And that's how sometimes our faithfulness is with God. Sometimes we're all over it, we're good for about a day and then all of a sudden we're not faithful. We're over here, we're faithful again and we're not faithful. He says, what shall I do with you for I want you all the time. We have to determine to be faithful every day, all the time. Mm. Y'all getting this? I'm absorbing this Wednesday morning by myself in my truck and McDonald's. Revelatory knowledge in the McDonald's parking lot. It can happen. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by my words of my mouth and your judgment are like are light that goes forth for I desire mercy not sacrifice and acknowledge and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings I love this verse 6 because what is God saying here for I desire mercy and not sacrifice God doesn't want to have to make you sacrifice to get you to get out of the mud pit with the hogs he doesn't want that he wants to give you mercy what is the sacrifice when we don't pass the test oh it's going to come back around and you know it might even be worse obedience is better than and he wants to give us mercy So I, I take in all this at McDonald's and I said, oh Lord, you are speaking to the evangelist. Your evangelist. He's the evangelist. You are speaking to him. Come to train the rain and then you start. And I'm going, wow. This is just more than I can take right now. This is great. Man, I'm telling you what, my head was like. I mean, I, it was firing. My head was firing all the way around. I'm going, wow, because you know what? When God said, I'll never ask you to do anything, I heard it so loud in my ear that I didn't do myself tenfold. And I got to thinking about this. You were talking about, Lord, if it be thy will, Jesus was being pressed. Jesus' soul was being pressed. He said, my soul is at the point of death. I'm so sorrowful. Jesus did not want to have to take on the sin of the world. He didn't. He wouldn't have told his father, let this pass from me. So what was the same thing Jesus went through is what we go through. We were being pressed and compressed and squeezed into that small place right there up into the large place. But I want you to hear something. His soul, and I, I've just got it in my memory now. I was going to pull the Scriptures up, but I don't need to. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And it says in Luke that he began to sweat drops of blood. It's called hemodidrosis. And you know what causes hemodidrosis? Imminent death caused by extreme stress none of us I do not believe have ever been through that kind of pressing but Jesus prayed went back and prayed more earnestly in Luke until his sweat became great drops of blood 
Okay. Now you've heard the death. This is the start of the death cycle. Now, Jesus said, watch and pray. In Luke it says, everything you were doing from Matthew, but I went over to Luke and they were corresponding back and forth and I was just dancing, man. It was just hitting me left and right, hitting left and right. He said, the disciples were only a stone throw. I don't know, I could throw a stone maybe 30 yards, but I could probably hear somebody 30 yards away from me. That's not that far, right? He said, pray and watch. You know what watch means in Greek? Stay awake. Be alert. Lest you fall into what? Temptation. He went back and he prayed again and he prayed again and he went back and the disciples are still asleep. You know, let's remember what Peter did. The one who said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God and he denied him three times. Pray and watch. Right? He denied Christ three times after that. Now, translate. Jesus is now on the cross. After you go through this death cycle and you say, I shall get out of this mud with the hogs. That just came tonight. I hope y'all were relating to the mud pit. But after you do that, what's going to come? Huh? Can't hear you. No? Temptation. Temptation is going to come. Jesus said to me, I'll never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Jesus is on the cross. And at Luke, they said they walked by Him wagging their heads saying, Mr. I'll destroy this temple and build it back in three days. Why don't you come off of that cross and show me that you're the Son of God? Jesus said He could have called 10,000 angels. It wasn't the time. Seasons and times, it was not the time. That's coming soon. And next time He will not come as a lamb, He will come as a lion. Even the thief on the cross said, hey, if you're the Son of God, cast yourself off this cross and get us off too. Can you imagine the mocking that the Son of God was enduring, beaten, bloodied, and yet He was still enduring temptation. And what did He do? Nothing. He opened not his mouth. He didn't call 10,000 angels. He became that sacrifice. My sacrifice is God, as he said to me, to present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, for that is my reasonable service. Amen? So everything we go through from glory to glory to glory. This is a great Easter message, by the way. I had to think about Easter. Jesus went through. And he went through it. God, but he was a man. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. Amen? Are we following this?
What picture? Put the picture up, Todd. Carl. Is that the picture? Oh. That's the that's the very that's the very thing that happens in the pressing. You feel like you're letting go of something that you don't want to let go of, and God's going, I got this robe of righteousness over here, and if you can get over here, what it will replace will astound you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Whew. Well, that's my abbreviated message following page up. Didn't she do an awesome job? A year and a half ago, she was going, I'm not doing that. I'm not, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'll support you, but I'm not doing that. No, it's amazing what, what happens. Praise God. Praise God. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? Praise Him. Praise Him. Let all the people praise Him. So what are we going to do? We're going to run to God, not from Him. When the pressing starts, recognize it. What did she say do? Paul said, I press toward the goal, straining all the way. Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to close. If anybody, just very quickly, if anybody wants prayer, and you're conflicted, and we need to pray, and let's, let's operate quickly. I don't want to hold you much longer. If anybody needs prayer whatsoever. Okay. You want to do it, Lee? Praise God. All right. Everybody stand to your feet. Give the Lord a hand clap praise. Y'all got awful quiet. This is going to be our dismissal prayer. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. Your word says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on Jesus right now. I am a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and was raised on the third day to give me life eternal with God. I break every covenant that I've made with the devil, with my flesh and the world. Father, I ask you to forgive me, and I ask Jesus to come into my heart and live your life in me and through me. I repent of my sins, and I surrender. I said, I surrender my life totally to you as Savior and Lord. And the saint said, Amen.